Spotify in the middle. Great, great show for you guys today. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. Big news in the world of NASCAR. Of course, it is also the official holiday for Keith as we are smack dab in the Indiana Sprint Week. And we have some World of Outlaw news, bunch of stuff to cover. So strap yourselves in because it's going to be a good one. But before we dive into any of that stuff, Keith, how was your weekend, my man? It was pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Anything planned for this weekend? Um, Not at the moment. Just watch some racing. Nice. Yeah, we're actually... I am leaving tomorrow. We are going up to our cabin. Um, I can't freaking wait. Like, just, dude, I can't wait. It's going to be so quiet, so nice. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So it's up in, like, the middle of nowhere, and there's no cell service, no internet service. There's no electricity. Um, you know, there's not even plumbing like we have an outhouse you know like it's awesome yeah it's legit like old school cabin it's up in this it's up it's you know i'm, I'm here in northern california we're about uh it's like six thousand feet elevation like it's way up in the mountains um and there it's this old like hunting community um, it's like the old, what they called the Feather River Rod and Reel Club or something like that. And it's like this old hunting community. So there's like a bunch of cabins where we're at, um, you know, around us. But we've got the river literally like 50 feet away. Um, and it's just, you know, surrounded by trees. Like it's just, oh, it's just so nice, man. And it's nice and cool up there. At least at night, the day, it can still get warm. But at night... It cools off, and I got to tell you, if you live in a city, right, and you've never been, like, out camping or been to the mountains or, like, the desert at nighttime, um, you are missing out. Like, if you have not looked at the sky, like, if you haven't looked at the stars where there's no light pollution, a lot of people don't even realize how many stars are up there. Like you have no, oh, no idea how much you're missing when you're in, when you're like in a city or a town, like, and then you go out and it's like, oh my God, what are we closer or something? It's like, no, there's just no light pollution. It's just so dark that you can actually see the sky now. It's incredible. And, and that's why I like living in the country where I'm at. Cause yeah. I can walk outside on my back porch mm -hmm. and just look at the sky with no other light pollution like you're saying yeah and it, it it's freaking awesome yeah it's uh, it is man i love it so Showing yeah. my age now yeah <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> but yeah i'm looking forward to it man me and my wife and my kids are gonna go up tomorrow night so yeah that'll be a lot of fun but oh absolutely get a break away from normal life and... yeah exactly which i need which i need i plan on doing a lot of nothing and a lot of sleeping so it should be fun oh, i don't blame you there yeah. but uh but before before I head out on on that trip, we we definitely got definitely got some stuff to cover. Uh, huge news, huge news in the world of NASCAR um, with the whole you know DQ of uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. We will definitely dive into that um, and here in just a few minutes. But before we get into that, uh, want to cover briefly some stuff here below the fold as the new segment here where we talk about some of the 
news topics of the day that might not be the headline stuff. Now, for me and Keith, it's a pretty big deal just because, you know, we're huge non-wing sprint car fans. But anything in particular catching your eye during sprint week right now, Keith? Uh, CJ Leary can't throw a drop kick. Yeah. <laughs> no, he cannot. He definitely no. can't time it. He needs to get better at timing it. Doing it while the guy's still in the car is probably not the best idea. I think Robert kind of blocked him with his forearm, which was yeah pretty pretty good. But no, um, Indiana Sprint Week's going on. I think that's one of the the biggest news for the for that side of it. And yep. I think it ought to be a national holiday, but that's just me. Yep. Now, unfortunately, um, they've already had a couple of them rained out. Lawrenceburg got rained out. Uh, what was the other one? Was it Terre Haute? Did Terre Haute get rained out last Terre night? Terre Haute rained out last night. Yeah. Rained out last night. So. Got a bunch of rain. Yeah. So they've got Lincoln tonight and then they've got Bloomington and then tri-state and are is that it they're not making up the rainouts correct am i correct um so so the only rainout that they rescheduled to my knowledge was kokomo because it was supposed to be the week before or the day before gas city or the day after gas city i'm sorry so they made that up as far as the other two go they're not going to make them up i think they should since it's going to be a month that they race again. Yeah. But that's probably why I don't run USAC. Yeah. I mean, now is that when they come back in August, is that is that SmackDown? Is that what that, that is? is? SmackDown. That is SmackDown. Yeah. So uh I I like the fact that, you know, it's you got some build up with the break. I, I don't like the fact that the break is almost a month. That's insane. Yeah. And and whoever whoever made the schedule, come on, man, do a better job. Yeah, I'm all for having breaks, but damn, yeah, uh, you know, three three what? almost four weeks is crazy. I know a bunch of the USAC guys run with the uh, the outlaws wingless stuff, so mm-hmm. it'll give them time to go run that stuff too. Yeah, which is, yeah, which we do have some stuff. Boring. Yeah, we do have some of that coming up. So so yeah, if you guys haven't been watching Sprint Week, you definitely want to check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, the points battle too's tightening up. Yes, for the it is. Championship. Yes, so. it is. You've got literally the top. What is it? Six guys are within two hundred points of each other. Which, for those of you guys don't that don't that don't know that in USAC, right? Like their points is not like the outlaws. Like they have a different point system, and that's not that huge right like you can make up you know logan cb for example who's in sixth place he pops off a couple of wins and those guys ahead of him have some rough nights like he could very easily find himself up in the mix so i i love it i loved i i love the fact that blue is back up there battling for the championship you know um and obviously brady bacon cj leary justin grant i mean those guys are they're always competitive. I really love the fact, and I'm sure you do too, that Emerson Axum is fifth in points right now. And he's, th- he's nipping at it. Yeah, I think that's freaking awesome, um, especially considering the fact that he's a rookie, you know. So hopefully hopefully he can have a, a strong finish to the season. So, yeah, a lot of fun stuff happening in the world 
in the world of USAC. But we will uh, we'll we'll cap off Sprint Week next week after everything gets finished. But we gotta get we gotta we gotta get into into everything else that's going on, and we're gonna do that today with a little segment that we call Hit or Miss, which is basically. Do we uh do we agree or do we disagree? Does it hit some does it hit the mark or does it miss the mark? And uh thankfully NASCAR gave us uh no shortage of drama this last weekend. And um we've got a bunch of stuff on the docket. Now before we begin with the NASCAR stuff, there's a couple of things that I gotta cover. Uh, that, that we got to cover regarding the world of outlaws just because if you guys remember last week we had our buddy Jeremy on we talked about the upcoming summer nationals that weekend at Williams Grove Friday night uh, the day that the show aired um, I hadn't even seen the race yet and then I got a message from Jeremy like hey did you see the race and then sure enough he looked like freaking Nostradamus who had just predicted the top three. If you guys remember, he said DeWeese, Marks, and Macri were the ones to watch, and those were the ones who swept the podium on night number one. <laughs> and it was sheer Pennsylvania posse domination. Uh, it was absolutely incredible to see the local guys show out like that. But night number two was a different story, and that's going to bring us to our first hit or miss. So, Keith... Brad Sweet's win at the Summer Nationals showed us that he's still the man to beat for the championship. Does that hit or miss the mark? Ooh. Misses the mark. All right. How so? I, I, I think Brad Sweet, yeah, he's been super consistent. That's the second one of the year. Yes, it is. Uh, the guys behind him are really nipping at his heels. Um, I think they're forcing him to be that consistent, but a couple more mistakes out of that 49 group and then boys in second, third and fourth and points are going to be right there. So I was going to, I was going to say it, it hits the mark because yeah, we want to see Brad sweet win. I mean, that's, we've raced with the, with him, Yeah. but with everything, the points battle being as tight, I think, it, I think it's going to miss a mark this time. He could prove me wrong and rip off some wins, which I think he needs to do to uh, strengthen that points lead. But I think as of right now, it misses the mark. I mean, yeah, they've been super consistent, but they need to show a little more. All right, I'm going to go the other way. I think it hits the mark. And the reason why is if you look at the year that they've had so far, by their standards, it's been fucking horrible, right? Like he even said in his post-race interview, he's like, man, I wanted to quit a couple times this year. Like it's been a rough year for them. And they're still in the points league. Now, granted, they're, it sweets 54 points ahead of Gravel and only 84 ahead of Hodenshield. Um Macedo has dropped back some, especially after that that wreck he had at Williams Grove. But, you know, to me, those three are kind of looking like the ones that are going to separate. And 
for Brad Sweet to go out and win at Williams Grove, a track he's never won at before. They had a really, really good weekend. And you look at all of the stuff that they've gone through so far this year, and it's been horrible. You know, their consistency has really only been the like the best thing about their season, which you need to win a championship. I think them popping off a win, I think it's going to open the I think it's going to open the door for them. I think that's going to help them get some of their confidence back. It's really hard, as you know, um, even when you're leading a points championship, right? When you're not getting those those night in and night out results, it it's hard, man. It beats you down. And I think them getting a win at Williams Grove is going to help. And I would not be surprised to see them pop off another two or three wins here in the next few weeks. So I think it hits the mark. And and I agree with both. Yeah, I look, I can. You can make an argument for both, absolutely. Because look, at the end of the day, what are we talking about? We're talking about, yes, this is a three-time champion. But let's not forget the guys who are chasing him right now, Gravel and Hodenshield, have been phenomenal this season, right? Like they've been phenomenal. If Sheldon Hodenshield could eliminate just a couple of those really horrible finishes that he's had, right? Whether it's, you know, he gets into yeah. the wall or blows a tire or something like that. You and take, he's right there. You take two or three of those out and he's, you know, tied in points or leading the points, right? Because he's got eight wins on the year. Like he's been really good. So, and gravel too, even gravel, you know, he had a streak there for a while where it was like, dude, is this guy going to get back into victory lane? Like what's going on? So, you know, I think those three guys, any one of them is going to win the cha- could win the championship this season, well, and it's not going and, to be a shock. And and it's like I've been saying, don't don't let Sheldon get hot. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. I mean, that 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 that'll be the biggest mistake that they allow. Yep. And and let's face it, it it'll be hard to to stop that from happening because mm-hmm. it could happen to any one of these guys. But I feel like Sheldon's got the better team around him, other than the. Of the three, other than Brad Sweet, Brad Sweet's got a damn good team around him. But I, I think Brad Sweet and Sheldon's got two of the best teams in the business right yes. now. Yes. And if Sheldon gets hot, I, I think we're going to see a new, a new champion. I, I would agree with that. I think if I were to look at Sheldon Hodenshield and Brad Sweet, like if I had to compare them, right, and I had to do like a scouting combine you know like i you know like we're like we're gonna do a breakdown of you know you know nfl quarterback prospects coming out of college right like uh, here this, he's got this arm and this, you know like if i had to do that with those two drivers the way that i would look at them is brad sweet is look in terms of his ceiling i mean obviously we know that he can be a champion right his ceiling is definitely high and I think Sheldon Hodenshield's ceiling is actually higher. Like when he's on and that team is on, they're damn near unbeatable. The problem is, is that Brad Sweet's floor is much higher than Sheldon Hodenshield's, right? Like Sheldon Hodenshield still has that win it or wreck it type of stuff going on where it's like, yeah, you didn't win tonight. You got 22nd. Where even when Sweet's having a horrible night, it's like he still got 8th. You know, so I think that's kind of the big separator. And like, you know, I was saying a minute ago, if Hodenshield, you know, like you talk about, if he gets hot and then he can have, you know, those those races where he gets 
23rd or a DNF or something like that, if he can, you know, just cut that in half, get it to where he's finishing in the top 15 on those horrible nights, he's definitely going to be challenging for the title. So, so yeah, going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. We've been talking about it all year and we'll continue to talk about it because it's, it's been exciting all year. It's been tight all season long and I don't foresee it, um, getting, you know, bad. I don't, I don't foresee that changing. I think it's going to be a tight points battle all the way through the final, yeah. the final race and, of the season. And I think, I think it's going to come down to the world finals at the yep. end. I really so do, do I, so do I. So it should be a lot of fun, man. All right. Our next one, moving over to the NASCAR side of things. So with about, what was it? 18, 19 laps to go on the restart. Denny Hamlin goes into turn one. Chastain's on his outside. Hamlin runs up the track. And Chastain ends up in the wall. There was a slight touch between the two. uh, Hamlin obviously drives off. um, Chastain wrecks. All right. And there's been an argument on both sides of the fence where people have said that was retaliation. And other people have said, no, that was just hard racing. And Hamlin didn't give him a window because it was Chastain. Dale Earnhardt Jr. had one of the best quotes I've ever heard. And he said that Denny Hamlin's move with Ross Chastain at the end of the race was retaliation with a scalpel, not a hammer. So, Keith, does Jr.'s quote hit or miss the mark? Um, I think it's going to hit the mark. But I don't think it's over with. I agree a thousand percent. <laughs> I do not. Think I think it is far with. from over with. Yeah. Because let's face it. Ross straight up wrecked Denny. Not once, but twice. Yes. Like straight up ran him over. Now, hindsight, Denny goes to pass Ross. Did he, did he leave him any room? He didn't. Ross still had room. Mm-hmm. But... Th- there, there's a key factor in this reason why I don't think it's over. Kevin Harvick was involved. And then we've seen the 11 and the 18 get disqualified. Kevin Harvick finishes third. He wins the race. He's in the yeah. playoff. Yep. With Kevin Harvick being involved, I don't think this is over with because I think if Kevin Harvick misses the playoffs, one of these two are going to get it from the four. Yeah, I think so too. And with... Because if you're going to pay a guy back, make sure nobody else is involved with it. Yeah, that's yeah. Thing. And but that's the thing. Hindsight, Chastain spun Denny in front of a pack of cars. So. Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, is that to me, if I was in Harvick's shoes, I, I would look at what Hamlin did and I'd be like, that's not on Hamlin. That's no. on the one car. Because here's the deal. Chastain should have kept the car up against the wall. Well, not only that, but Chastain had a choice right hamlin put him in a spot where he had to choose a or b right like there there was no third option which is what ross tried to go for hamlin moves up the track chastain could have lifted right hamlin had position on him he had a nose ahead of him right now that does not mean that he just gets the line and gets to just you know smash into chastain but chastain could have lifted the wall's coming. He has a choice, right? Like he doesn't have to keep his foot in it and try to power around. And 
as a driver, you should know who is next to you, right? If you're, if I'm Ross Chastain and I'm running at Pocono and I'm outside of the 11 car who I know is not happy with me, I'm not going to expect that driver to give me room. I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, here comes the wall. Oh, the 11 car, he'll, he'll give me room, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you got to know that. So I understand when you're racing, you know, kind of tunnel vision and not, not thinking about that stuff. But even as a spotter, I'd be like, Hey man, that's the 11 down below. He ain't going to be giving you no room. You know what I mean? Like it's, you got to have some, something there to be like, look, let's not end it here. And Chastain, in my opinion, it could have been avoided. And uh, very Denny, much so. yeah, Denny put him in that position and hats off to Denny. I, I give him hey, props for that. And- and I don't think it was a dirty move by Denny. No, at all. absolutely at not. All. Nope. And then let's face it, we've seen Ross run through more than one person this year. Oh yeah. He's ran he steamrolled through a bunch of guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's got a target on his back from damn near everybody. And then after the race, Kevin Harvick's spotter or crew chief tweeted something out and then deleted it. Yeah. So not only did you make an enemy out of the eleven but after that crash, you also made an enemy out of the four. And we've seen Kevin Harvick be fiery before, and he's kind of mellowed out. And I think I think he misses the playoffs. If he does, and he very well could, I think it's going to be game over for the one and or the 11. Yeah, I do too. Because um, let's face it, he, he, he probably could have even won the race straight up at Pocono because he was really fast. Once again, he started in the back, but fought his way all the way up through the top five and was running up front or towards the front majority of that race. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it was a definitely that's a tough why I don't think it's over no. that. And I think, and Denny pretty much said it in his interview. The, the one still has some, some things owed to him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, like, what what did and, you expect? And then in Ross's mind, you got him thinking it's over with. Yep. Sorry, buddy. I don't think it's over with. No, it's not. Not at all. So it's not only do you, do you still got one coming from the 11, but you got one coming from the 19. Yes. Yeah. You got one coming from a lot of people. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who've, who've got a, who've got a tally next to the one car when it comes to payback. So, and, and, and we've seen Kevin and, and Ross have, have, issues before in the xfinity series when ross wrecked mm-hmm. kevin yep yep so so yeah that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on they've got indy indy coming up this week um i you know i honestly i don't know how that's gonna play out um all i do know is we had a repeat winner um this week uh and you know that that just gives us a couple more weeks before that last race at Daytona and it's going to, it's going to be tight. So, so definitely worth keeping an eye on because like you said, they're got a few people got Ross Chastain on the payback list. So, all right, next one. NASCAR's penalty towards Joe Gibbs racing is a good thing and sets a positive precedent moving forward. Does this hit or miss the mark? And we're talking about the penalty towards Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Both drivers were penalized for their modification for the tape that was underneath their wrap. And this made Chase Elliott the winner of the race at Pocono. So does this hit or miss the mark, Keith? Ooh, I could go both ways with this. But 
I'm going to say it misses the mark. And the reason why I think it misses the mark is RFK was penalized 100 points from driver and owner, $100,000 for body modifications. Then this happens with 11 and 18. And then they got it right with taking the win away. I agree with that and disqualifying both guys. I agree with that. But if you're going to penalize one team for body modifications, you got to do it to the other two. Yes. Because, yeah, it might have been just tape, but they were sealing off creases in the nose. That Therefore, it gave them an advantage. Yep. I mean, let's face it, the 18 was up a lot, let a bunch of laps. The 11, up and down day. But at, at the end, the 11 was up front. So, therefore, yeah, it was just tape. I get that. It was just tape. They disqualified the win in the second place. I get that. But if you're going to do it to one, you got to do it to the both of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, the what what they're constituting as body modification stuff like that. You know, I don't know if there's some kind of way that they're determining it differently. I I don't know. What I do know is for me, it hits the mark on the fact of the penalty, right? Of the the idea that hey, you know, NASCAR said, look. If you modify these parts, and we talk about the parts, we're talking about anything that is that is from a vendor, right? Where where they have to get it from a vendor. I'm talking the body parts, right? The transaxle, all this stuff like that. They cannot modify, alter, or change those components. Does not matter what it is. They can't add to it, subtract from it, none of that stuff, right? And they had tape. It was basically a five inch long, two, two and a half inch wide piece of tape. That was the, I mean, it was like a hundredth of an inch thick. Like it was very, very thin, but they had it on the front corners of the, of the nose of the car on the right and left front corners, basically covering up uh, these rough edges and it just kind of smoothed it out a little bit. Um, that little tiny bit, right? Most people be like, dude, you're, you're talking about a five inch piece of scotch tape under a wrap. Like what, what does that do? Well, when you're talking about these cars, which are so evenly matched right now, and you think about something like downforce or drag at a track like Pocono, where speed is so important because you basically have what drag strips in between three different corners that little bit can make a difference. And for me, NASCAR said it, and they stood by it, and they penalized them. They took the win away. They did it quickly. As soon as they discovered it, they did it. The quickest and, I've ever seen a penalty yeah. come out. <laughs> and it's the first time since like 1960 a win was taken away in that manner. So for me, I like that because that is going to basically and tell everybody in the garage, don't do this shit. And I, I agree with that. Yes. I agree with taking the win away. My argument to that is. Yes. To, to, you got to keep reason, it consistent. It's, you got to keep it consistent because let's face it. When the six did what they did, they were trying to fix the parts because 
there was a part shortage on those components that they were trying to fix to get the car ready for the next race. Yes. Hindsight, this, they were modifying it to give Mm -hmm. themselves a competitive advantage, and it worked out. It worked out pretty good. I mean, he finished one, too. That's that's where I think it needs to, if you're going to do it to one, do it to all of them. You did it to the 34. Yeah. Yeah. But, so... Probably I'm with you. Keep it more consistent, but yes, I do like the fact that they did that, and um, hopefully that will detour teams from but doing you, it. Because the they, days of "Hey, we caught this," don't bring this back. That's gone. Those days oh, are gone. It, it, and 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 you know we've seen it with the roll with the rolls too. Mm-hmm. We had two tires come off on pit road. One got didn't get a penalty. Yep. One got a penalty. So. It's very inconsistent when it comes to all that stuff. Yes, I think it just, is. If you're going to do it for one, do it for all. Yep, I'm with you on that. Because let's face it, if they give them a 100-point penalty, both of them, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. Completely out. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, keep it more consistent. All right, next one. Kyle Bush's ridiculous actions towards his car owner, Joe Gibbs seals his fate and he will not be back in the 18 car next year. Keith, does this hit or miss the mark? It hits the mark. It hits it. Um, I feel like if, if I'm a car owner and let's face it, Joe Gibbs did Kyle Busch a favor. Oh my God. Did him a big favor because he was kicked to the curb from Hendrick. Mm Mm-hmm. He did you a solid, and in return, you made yourself one hell of a career, and you're going to disrespect the man that hand-fed you that ride Yes. for the last decade. Come yeah. on now. It'd be a little more... I get, I get about being pissed off over finishing second. I mean, you're always pissed off after finishing second that, when it comes to Kyle, but there's their... Man, there's a fine line. Don't disrespect your car owner like that. I get that everything that's going on right now between him and Gibbs and Toyota and probably not getting a contract done. And and a lot of it's got to do with Kyle. Dude, you put it a you, you had a contract. Mm-hmm. They had a sponsor, and then the sponsor backed out. Nobody knows what the sponsor was, but I heard that it's got to do with the way Kyle Busch acts. I believe that. I believe that. And, you know, when you are, and look, folks, make no mistake about it. When Kyle Bush is done, whenever that is, he will go down as one of the greats, right? Like he really will. When you talk about if guys, yeah, when you talk about guys who can literally hop into anything and be good. He's up there in that list. No, he does not have the the open wheel dirt stuff, right? Like it's not like he's out there running sprint cars. Hey, but or he's trying. Dude, he's trying. Yes, but he's getting into it, right? And give him time, and he'll be good. But there was a, I mean, what was it? And look, it just ended. And the only reason it really just ended is because he's not really doing it anymore. But up until just like a year or two ago, there was a what a ten year period where Kyle Busch showed up for a truck race. Bush race, cup race, whatever, it was like he's the man to beat. Like it, it's him and who's finishing second. So he has had a 
phenomenal career. Absolutely. And yes, Joe Gibbs definitely helped him out, hiring him after Hendrick kicked him to the curb. And yes, Gibbs has benefited from that mightily. That has been a mutually beneficial relationship. And, but and, you know, you cannot treat your car. You cannot act like that with your car no. owner, especially in that situation. And not only that, you can't let contract negotiations stuff. You have to have more self awareness than that. And from everything that I've heard, is that Kyle Busch wants a contract basically on par, if not more than what he's doing now. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. NASCAR has no idea. These teams have no idea what the the money's going to be like moving forward. Right? We've talked about this before with teams expanding. Like Denny Hamlin made mention of this, where it's like we don't know what the pie is going to look like going forward, right? We don't know what the TV deals is going to be, which is a huge factor in what the teams are going to be making, right? Right now, these teams have to get dozens of sponsors to make it through a season, right? Like, remember, it used to be you had the Lowe's car, the Home Depot car, the Bud car, right? You don't have that no more. These guys drive... 10 different paint schemes a season because they have to have all these different sponsors just to fit the bill. So with that kind of uncertainty, no matter how good Kyle Busch is, it is very, very difficult to sign him to the number that he is looking for when you don't have a sponsor. That's huge, right? And, huge. So yeah, it, it and, hits the mark. I don't think he'll be how, back next season. Yeah, and I don't think so either. And how you said J- Joe Gibbs benefited from Kyle Busch, and Kyle Busch benefited from Joe Gibbs. Yes. Not not only has Joe Gibbs benefited from it, Toyota. Toyota has benefited oh, a lot. Because let's face it, if it ain't for Kyle Busch and that truck team, Toyota don't have no racing development guys in the truck series right now. Yep. And I think that's going to be a big factor moving forward for his next contract because you know as well as i know chevy's looking at that like damn we can get a whole truck team ford's yeah. looking at it and ford's trying to expand their r&d because they they really don't have no driver development in the lower series i mean yeah they got a couple ford teams trickled through the xfinity series and trickled through the truck series but if you can get kyle bush to come over and bring a four truck team i think a manufacturer is going to play huge. big into this decision. Yeah. And I think whatever manufacturer it is, will be throwing a ton of money to Kyle Busch for this. Yeah. I, I think that is definitely a possibility. I've and there's heard... only, well, what were you going to say? And then there's only two car owners that can afford Kyle Busch. Penske. And he ain't going to Penske. No. And Stuart Haas. Yeah. Why? Because Stuart Haas Gene Haas owns Haas CNC yes. machines. Yep, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Haas is the one team where essentially they could bring him on and basically Haas could be the primary sponsor for yep. the team. In, right. in the rumors that I've been hearing and have been seeing and in and out of the industry from different people within the industry, Kyle Busch will be driving for Stuart Haas next year. You. If I was, um, if I had to bet on it, that would be my bet. That would I'm be calling my bet. it now. This is this is me calling it. So if it don't happen, it don't happen, and it made me look dumb. But yeah. <laughs> this is what I see happening. 
Cole Custer is going to go to the 10. He will be the 10 guy since Eric Almarola is retiring. Now, if Eric decides to stay, Eric will stay in the 10, of course. But Kyle Busch will be driving that 41 car. Why? Because Gene Haas will foot the bill for that. We've seen him do it for Kurt Busch. Yep. And I think he's going to do it for Kyle just because Ford is going to be big players into this. Yeah, I think so. I think so, definitely. Um, and let's face it, Kyle Busch can help Ford get better. Kyle Busch can help Stuart Haas get better. It's yes. going to depend on if Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch can work together. Mm-hmm. In the past, they cannot. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I think... I think Kurt Bush or Kurt Bush, Kyle Bush's days at Joe Gibbs Racing are numbered. I really do. Um, I thought when I had heard the when I had heard kind of the rumor about them losing the sponsor, I thought then that he was done. Um, because at the end of the day, make no mistake, right? Joe Gibbs Racing. It's a business and they have to, they cannot just operate in the red. I don't care how good Kyle Busch is. If you don't have sponsors to pick up part of that bill, you're not making money. No matter how many races you win, it's just, it costs too much money in the world of NASCAR. So when I had heard that, I was, I was already thinking, eh, I don't think he's going to be back with Gibbs. And now and it, after seeing what I saw this last weekend, I was like, oh, I definitely don't think he's going to be back. And, and you know, there's only one person helping themselves in this whole thing. And it's Ty Gibbs going out and looking good in the 45. Yes. He, he's putting a show on for his grandpa. Like, Hey, I'm ready for the cup series. Yep. You don't need to keep me down here for another year. So Ty, if you listen to this, which I highly doubt, Get another top 10, top 15 finish at Indy. Prove it to Grandpa Gibbs, and I bet he will be in the 18 next year. Because, I mean, let's just face it. He he finished ahead of Kyle Busch now, and he looked really good in the 45. Yep. Yep, he did. He looked really good. I was actually very impressed with both him and uh, Noah Gregson. This last weekend, oh, I, mean, the, I mean, the Xfinity race between them was phenomenal. Amazing. It was awesome. And what those guys did in the cup was really, really um, impressive. Especially oh. Gibbs, when you consider the fact that he didn't find out about it until home. <laughs> yeah, at like 11 o'clock Saturday night, he found out like, oh, hey, I'm going to be running, <laughs> running the cup car tomorrow. So, let me ask you this. Do you think they called Ty and said, hey, you want an audition? Do you, do you think this is an audition for Ty Gibbs to prove that he can run in cup? Because there, uh, there was Toyota drivers still at Pocono that they could have used. I think I think it was part that. I think what I think what happened is is I think I think it wasn't so much an audition as much as a you know, I think it's kind of a perfect storm. Hey, he just had this phenomenal race at Pocono in the Xfinity car, right? I mean, no, he didn't win, but he finished second. It was a you know, phenomenal job. And now you've got this opening, right, at basically, you know, an affiliate team of Joe Gibbs Racing. And it's like, hey, let's see if he's ready, 
right? Let's let, you know, not, not so much an audition, but Hey, let's just, let's see where he's at. Let's see if he's ready for cup next year. Let's see what, what, what he's got. And he, in my opinion, did an awesome job with the, considering the circumstances he did incredible. And he showed that he is ready for cup. Now that does not mean that if he does get into a cup car next year, that he is not going to have some bumps in the road. He is, I don't care who you are. Everybody does, right? Nobody just comes up and dominates. No matter how good of a rookie year you have, you still have those 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 bumps in the road. But I think overall, he's ready for the cup. And with the cars being as different as they are now, right, from the Xfinity to the Cup Series, you know, there used to be some similarities, right? Like the, if you look at where the Xfinity cars are now, and where you, the car that we had in Cup last year, right? The Gen 6 car. If you look at those two cars, there was similarities, right? The Gen 6 car obviously had way more downforce to it. Um, but when you consider that there, when we start looking at the suspension components and things like that, right? Where you're talking about the spring packages, the shock, you know, being on shock springs, um, they're bolt, you know, they're not coiled over, they're, they're, they're shock and damper, they're straight axle, right? They're basically running a, a four, you know, which is which is essentially a Ford nine inch, right? <laughs> in. I mean, when you consider those factors, there was a lot more similarities to where now you look at those cars and it's they're so different, right? With the independent suspension, the down the downforce differences, the diffuser, right? The the gearbox, everything, the amount of shifting that they're doing in a cup car compared to the Xfinity. It's, there's just so many differences. So for him to show that, Hey man, I, I can do this and hang. I'm one of those people. It's like, get him in it sooner. The sooner, the Absolutely. better. Yeah. So I think they wanted to see what he, what, where he was at, you know, give him, you know, judge him and, you know, do it in good equipment, which, you know, obviously that car is is good. It's a good car. We've seen that car win this year, and he did a good job. You know, considering the circumstances, he did a good job. So, I think personally, I would, I I would not be shocked if Ty Gibbs is in the eighteen car next year, and Kyle Busch is at Stuart Haas. I would if I could actually place a bet on that, I would. I would oh, wager money on that. Because I, I as I mentioned, Kyle and Kevin has had their their differences. We've seen them go at it a ton. They have. That is true. But over the past two or three years, they've actually been closer than what they have been. I mean, you've seen them talking before and after the races and hanging out. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering if if they're if Kevin's going to be like, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to be retired next year anyway. Yeah. Well, not only that, but, but if Kyle Busch can bring something to the table that can help Kevin Harvick, at the end of the yep. day, Kevin and, Harvick's going to be all for that. And, and like I've said before, if 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 Kyle does truly end up at Stuart Haas, it's just going to push Kevin to be better and to be faster. And how he he may force Kevin's hand to not retire next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that is true. So, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. The the news, whenever it finally comes out or breaks on what Kyle Busch is going to do next year, I'm 
I'm really looking forward to seeing that because uh, yeah, me too. Because I don't think he's going to be out of the sport. No, he's not going to be out of the sport. There's no way. Uh, uh-uh. he still he still has a lot of time left. Um, if you look at kind of when like drivers are their peak, right? For NASCAR drivers, if you look at like their peak performance, you know it's usually like early 30s to you know early 40s right you're talking 31 32 years old to like 40 41 42 and kyle is what 37 you know something like that so i mean he's still got oh my god i would say at least at least three more years if not four or five of elite performance left in the tank i mean he really does so yeah, he's he's not he's not leaving. He does not strike me as somebody who's ready to leave. He's he's a race car driver. That's what the guy does. Yep. So yeah, he'll be back somewhere next year. All right. So before we wrap things up this week, we got one more thing that we got to do here, and that is going to be our goat of the week so our goat of the week is where we basically pick who we think our you know it's kind of a greatest of all time um for the week who did the best it could be a driver whatever so keith this week who was your goat of the week oh man i'm gonna go with uh justin grant he won at Kokomo for an Indiana Sprint Week, and he tied John Stambro and Dave Darlin for the most wins ever at Kokomo with almost 50. It's crazy. That's um, insane. Yeah, he's he's got to be my pick for go to the week because that's impressive. It's very impressive, yeah. Yeah, he's always, I mean, whenever you're talking, basically anything you sack, if he's running, he's you you got to look at him as one of the guys to beat, so... But yeah, good call on that one. I like that one. Um, my goat of the week is a little bit of a homer pick, but I'm okay with it. I'm going to go with Brad Sweet just because we talked about it earlier. His season, I mean, for he's leading the points, but he's had a rough, rough season by his standards. And to get the win at Williams Grove, um, his first win at that track, and to do it the way that he did it right it's not like it was a fluke or something like he flat drove by you know shots and hot and shield to get the win you know what i mean and um you know did it it just ran an awesome race um had a phenomenal weekend overall finished fourth on friday night got the win saturday night so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the big cat for my uh goat of the week i like it yeah so Anyways, you guys, that is going to do it all for this week's show. Now, really quick, if you have not had a chance, uh, make sure you head over, check out the Three Wide in the Middle YouTube channel. Um, There's only one video up right now. I will be putting up more. Actually, I'll be putting up another one today. Um, I'll be getting more and more of those up as this goes along. We'll be posting clips and stuff like that there. So make sure you check that out. Also, please make sure you download, subscribe, follow to the show um whatever platform it is you use apple stitcher spotify i don't care iHeartRadio, surprise us we don't care just uh download and subscribe and share it get it out there 
uh, and help us keep this thing uh, rolling. And uh, yeah, if you guys uh, do that, me and Keith, we will be back here next week to do it all over again. So Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Absolutely. You too. Have fun up there in the cabin. I will. I will. I'll be thinking about all of you guys as I'm disconnected from the grid. So uh, yeah, everybody out there, have a fun and safe weekend. And until next week, take care.